the ARL's most delicious annual gourmet apple sale is back. These dipped apples, made with fresh ingredients from Chocolate Storybook and homemade caramel from Iowa Orchard, are the perfect gift to spoil yourself or your Valentine. They make a great treat for your office or co-workers, too. Don't forget about your four-legged Valentine. We also have pet apples. The sale from each apple helps provide care for an animal in our care for a day. Order your human or pet apple online today at arl-iowa.org apples. Welcome to the Animal Rescue League of Iowa's For Love of Animals podcast. Here are your hosts, Carol and Dan. Welcome to the For Love of Animals podcast. I'm Carol and I'm here with Dan. Hello. And happy week. It's 2024. I know. I can't believe it. I know. It's crazy. Time has flown. Oh, whoops. It's still going. My bad. That's all right. We like the music. It's kind of fun and upbeat. I was going to try to like organize myself and I can't do that yet. <laughs> Stop with the organization. I know, right? So how how is your, uh, I guess, first full week of yeah. the new year? Yeah, it was great. It was fine. <laughs> it, it, it just always feels so weird to me that like another year goes. I know. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. And like the older you get, the faster they go. <sighs> People used to tell me that. And I, I was know. like, oh, please spare me. That makes no sense. But <laughs> it's kind of true. I know. Yeah. Yeah, so they totally do. At one point, I assume it's going to start going backwards for us. Like we'll be like, whoa, like time's dragging. Uh, right. But hopefully it's not because we're miserable. No, I'm hoping right. it's because I just keep getting younger. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like Benjamin Button. Type. Right, okay. exactly. Okay. I'm going backwards in this I, whole thing. I, I can get behind that. Okay, good. I yes. can get behind that. <laughs> well, one thing I have to correct was, and I've been laughing about this all all week, I'm not going to lie, was the numbers. I that You know, it's the whole adage that everything you read on the internet is not true. Right. I, it's a hard time for me to get my head about that, but it clearly was the case when it came to how many animals are on Earth or in the world. <laughs> so we had mentioned that, and it, the number was, which seemed oddly slow or low to you and I, which yeah, is what caused us to like say. Like, we don't know what it right, should be, right? Right, exactly. Well, instead of like the eight whatever million which made no sense whatsoever it's like 20 quintillion <laughs> okay that makes more sense that way makes way more sense and thank you to bernie who got that updated for us um producer bernie that's right on the producer, scene that's right and I, I he mentioned to me i think half of that like 20 quintillion or whatever uh about or ants remember when i commented about yes, that yes yes it wasn't four million. It was way more. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, thank you to producer Bernie and just wanted to make sure we were updating that as we said we were going to. So So this is interesting. And the article that he sent over, um, which is on wonderopolis.org. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure he'll post it on the Facebook page, but it states here, scientists have recently estimated that there are approximately 8.7 million species on earth, which is- Which is probably where I got it from. Right. right. Which is what we said. And then it says they believe that one to two million of those species are animals. So does that mean everything else is like living organism type things, trees or and stuff like that? I wonder even. Oh, yeah, that's true. You know, interesting. Yeah. Uh, but the same study estimates that 80 per 86% of all land species and 91% of all sea species have not yet been discovered isn't that crazy or described that's crazy i think the best thing for you and i to do when it comes to these numbers and figures is to just move away 
<laughs> Move away from the topic. Right. Listen, there's a lot of animals. There's a lot of species. <laughs> exactly. And there's a ton that we have no idea about. Right. Yeah, right. Right. That's... And that's just all that started with Dan and I are going to be doing this podcast for a long time. Right. That's exactly that, right. So there we are. That's the messaging. <laughs> and if you want more information on the numbers, I am certain Producer Bernie will have those posted on our For Love of Animals Facebook page. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, there's a lot of out. cool uh, little factoids in there. <laughs> yeah, so it, is, it was it. fascinating, don't you think? I, I mean, mean, it's a little overwhelming. It's a little overwhelming, which is why I'll claim I completely had it wrong. <laughs> so there's that. Hey, at least we corrected ourselves. Exactly. <laughs> we, unlike the internet, we like to like say what you hear in the podcast is actually accurate. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's everything we say is 100% true. Right, exactly. <laughs> so... The giggle means nothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we have such cute, cool animal stories to fill people in from around the U.S. We do. Today. There's and been I, a lot. I have to start with the house proud mouse. I have to. You should. Cutest thing ever. Yes. And this was actually in England. So yes. we're going across the pond for this one. Yeah. So a guy in, in London, he's a postman. He's a retired postman. And he... Uh, said that he noticed things were being moved around in his shed. And he was just like, mm hmm. So, and like tidying it up. Like that, that was the whole gist to it. Like it was like, okay, something's tidying up the shed. And so, I mean, like most of us probably thinking, okay, somebody coming in here, what, you know, what's going on? Well, he uh, ended up putting a camera up in his shed to find out what was really going on and what he discovered. And the footage is even adorable. I, agree. I mean, uh, what he discovered was a cute little tiny mouse was behind all this mysterious tidying up. And he helpfully was moving objects uh, left on Rodney's workbench into a little box. And if you look at the video, and again, we'll have this on our For Love of Animals Facebook page, um, it is beyond cute. I mean, to watch him working away. Yeah, I... I would never believe this if there wouldn't have been video footage of it. Yeah. Because to your point, the it, the mouse is literally cleaning his workbench for him and putting everything in one spot. Right. I, I mean, we're talking about objects like, I mean, there were screwdrivers. Right. There were clothes pegs. There were pieces of cable. I mean, there's, uh, you know, clamoring into this box that was almost as tall as himself. <laughs> it was so cute. He had this like little, I assume that might have been one of the pieces of cable, like he's pulling over into yes. it. Um, and, and Rodney, the guy, said, you know, he just couldn't believe it when he saw it and um, how adorable it was. So he, he said he doesn't even bother to tidy up now. He just knows his little <laughs> mouse friend is going to do it for him. I love that. But it must be something like in the area because the guy does say um, that they set up a, a camera several years ago at his friend's house. And the same thing was occurring at his friend's house in his shed. That is just so adorable. Yeah, in 2019. Oh, my gosh. It's so adorable. Mm-hmm. So for those of us with our little mice friends out there, let's, I mean, let's be kind. Listen, they can come move to my house if they're going to tidy up. I know. It's more than the cats do. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, very good point. And, <laughs> but I love how Rodney, like, he's okay with it. 
Like his thing oh, 100 percent. You know what? I'm just not going to tidy up because he enjoys doing it. Right. And there you go. So I, I just love that this mouse is probably like, oh, again. I know. Can't you pick up your stuff? <laughs> I picture the little mice from Cinderella, you <laughs> yeah. know, like yeah. got their little mops out. <laughs> oh, it's so adorable. Yeah, it's super cute. Oh. Yeah, check that out on the Facebook page because uh, like Carol said, I'm sure uh, Bernie will post the video yeah. um, from CNN. So. Absolutely. Too cute. Let's yes. all, put, you know, that's one thing for love of animals, our, our podcast here, Dan, which is so cool is, you know, I hope what we're doing is talking about these things that happen and people are kind of giving maybe a different appreciation to some species that maybe they wouldn't have thought of before. Right. Because, you know, I mean, there's tons of pests, quote unquote pests, right. right. That we call pests, mice, spiders, ants, you name it. Um, but they don't have to be. Right. And really it's it you're managing your as we've talked about. Right. You're managing your your house or whatever so that they don't come where you don't want them to be. But right. um yeah, if they're if they're in your shed and they're tidying up your workbench, leave them alone. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Just let them be. Right. I mean, leave them a little mess so that they can right. do their thing at night and right. you can live harmoniously together. Exactly. So too adorable. Yeah. Super, super cute. And didn't cost anybody $4,000. Oh my gosh. The next I know. story. So I cannot believe this. <laughs> and I don't know <laughs> that I would be as pleasant as these people were about this story. Um, there was a dog named Cecil. Uh, seven years old, who ate $4,000 in cash off their counter that yeah. was in an envelope. They had got out some money for um, a home improvement project. And uh, Clayton and Carrie Law are the owners. Carrie had said she put the envelope on the back of the counter and was doing things around the house. And she came back and she saw Cecil standing over a mound of shredded $150 <laughs> bills. I probably would have died. I know. You think about that. And what's worse is <clears throat> some of it had already been eaten. Right. And she's, Like in the gut. Right. And so her and Clayton and Carrie spent the next few days going through it coming out of the gut. Yeah. It, b- both ends, too. Both ends. Yeah. Washing it off, taping it. Because you have to have like over 50% of a bill to have it replaced. That's right. Yeah. Um, The amazing thing is they got back everything except $425, I think. $425 or $450. Yeah. I, I, you'd really, I mean, at that point, I would probably laugh. Yeah. Like, okay, that was a $400 mistake. Yeah. They said it was really shocking because Cecil, like, really had never gotten on the counter before like that. Really was just kind of a couch potato. It was really seemed like out of character. But I, these people, I tell you what, I would love to have gotten their contact information and called them because what, you know, totally classy. I mean, she was just like, um, you know, like she was just like, look, you know, the story's making people laugh. Right. And people can relate. But, you know, you just can't be mad at them. You just have to love them anyway. Right. And I was like, that is so cool. And you know what? This actually happened to me. So my dog, Remy, <laughs> who's my Irish setter, oh, no. uh, actually got a hold of my husband's wallet and, oh. and ripped out a bunch of cash. Uh-huh. But it was like 25 bucks, Dan. <laughs> like it was not, I didn't have to go through anything right. coming out either end. <laughs> right. uh, it, it was just being shredded. I think five bucks wasn't any good. So, I yeah. mean, 
putting that in perspective, Cecil did a number on it. Four thousand yeah. dollars. The photo, uh, the dog is adorable. Adorable. It's, uh, brown and white golden doodle, but the photo of the cash and they literally like taped it back together like a puzzle. Yeah. And they said with the cash that they couldn't uh, put back together, um, they're making art out of it, which I think That's is hilarious. That's funny. Yeah. That's very funny. And they said the bank said, oh, it happens all the time. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I should have taken that shredded five into right. the bank and seen what they get done with it. Right. But this just proves like teachers, if you're listening and the kids say the dog ate my homework. You better listen. Right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Oh my gosh. So I think that happened in Pennsylvania, if I remember correctly from yeah, those stories. I, so. I think you're right. Very cool. Yeah. And speaking of dogs, did you hear that the uh, AKC American Kennel Club uh, has its 400 and f- or excuse me, uh, 201st recognized breed? Really? What? What yeah. is it? It is the Lancashire Healer. Okay, I've um, not heard that. It's the newest AKC recognized dog breed. Dog breed, man, I can't speak. Um, small, energetic, and loyal, um, and it's ready to get in with the big dogs. It says the American Kennel Club announced uh, Wednesday, last Wednesday, that the healer is the two hundred and first breed. Wow, that's very cool. Yeah, and they said um, that there were uh, several years ago it, they were endangered i guess just because of the lack of population essentially of the breeds and the uh, robust um uh genetic pool makeup um and in order to have an akc registered uh dog breed they have to have a certain number of like generations of certain gene pools just to make sure that you know it's going to sustain itself essentially so they a lot of people did a lot of work um, on the breed itself to bring it back yeah. and, and do it the right way, yeah. essentially. Good. Yeah. Good. Very good. But it's a little thing. It's uh, it's a healer, but only weighs 9 to 17 pounds. Oh, my gosh. So it's a little tiny yeah. thing. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of like Chihuahua, Terrier size. Right. right. Yeah, I just, yeah. I think of my dog, and I was like, oh, she totally could have been a healer. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she would chase chase the big dog she wouldn't care yeah. <laughs> um and speaking of dogs I, you know firefighters i tell you what they're the heroes i know um, so in colorado springs a dog fell through the ice um and they of course rescued um the dog so basically um you know, they, they noted that uh, it's the time of year when they start to see ice rescues. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, com- there were community members at the park, and they saw the dog, you know, go through the ice. And, sure. and they called 911. And they said it was the uh, right thing for the people to do was to call 911. And first responders got there and went in to get it because they're trained on the ice. Mm-hmm. But it would be hard not to try to go in. It would be really hard. Yeah. Because um, what if they don't get there in time? Right. You know? And I know, like, this has happened here in the Des Moines River a couple times, I want to say, even in the last, you know, several years. But it would be very hard. But I, that water is so cold. Yeah. And it's not going to do any good if you also then have to be rescued. Exactly. Like, you want to focus on rescuing the dog. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it would be, it would be very hard not to. But (laughs) thank God there's people like this that don't think twice and just hop on out there. Yep. And uh, the dog got rescued, and the dog was fine. Um, so kudos to uh, kudos to those firemen. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. thank you to the people who 
were paying attention and noticed it and were able to to call for for help. Absolutely. And they didn't, you know, just like roll their eyes and be like, oh, it's just a dog. Right. They were like, oh, let's go. Yeah. Get 911. Let's get him out here. And then people go out and they get in there and get him saved. Yeah. Yeah. Thank thank God they're around. And very funny is uh, a cat rescuing a dog. Yeah. There was a dog in um, uh, Oklahoma who... It's a little uh, like Bichon Freeze or something like that. Yeah. And they uh, let it out in the backyard and they have cameras in their backyard. And very shortly after the dog went outside, two coyotes show up and start attacking this poor dog. But Binks, uh, the the people's cat, which it's really not even their cat. It's just like a community cat that showed up and they feed it and take care of it. Yeah. Which I think is even cooler. Um but Binks was outside in the backyard and heard the commotion and ran out there. And this cat scared off the two coyotes enough for the people to get to the dog and take the dog to the vet. He needed a bunch of stitches and he needed a like a splint cast thing. Um, but like a month later, he was totally fine in the interview with his owner. Um, and that was it, actually in Iowa. It was? I thought yeah. it was Oklahoma. No, it was actually in Iowa. Oh, in, my bad. In northwest Iowa. No, I I think that Oklahoma was reporting all over on it, but it was actually located, the family's located in Iowa, and um, and it was in Iowa. Oh, so, well, my bad. I'm sorry. I it, misspoke. No, it's all good. It's, I mean, the point of this is, is here's a cat who's, you know, out, had that bond, and we've right. talked about that before, bonds with cat and dogs. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of, it's just kind of like the movies. That, you know, make rats look dirty and da-da-da. Yeah, that makes, yeah. you know, this, this. And, it, you know, kind of always made it seem like cats versus dogs. But they can actually, they actually can have bonds. They're not oh, yeah. natural enemies. Yeah, I so, agree with that. My cat and dog used to sleep next to each other all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah 100%. Yeah. So thank God for a little Binks. Yes, I know. And then, I of course, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, hopefully they're taking Binks inside now. Well, I think Binks is like indoor outdoor. Like oh, he just he? showed up. Okay. Yeah. Well, I noticed on his uh, photo, he's got his ear tip. He does. So I thought he must be some outside community. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, I think yeah. I think Binks goes in and out. Yeah. Uh, if I remember correctly, when I was watching the video, I think Binks was in the house with in one of the shots with, that the with video the video did. Dog, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. so. Boy, that little uh, that little dog. What luck having. Binks be his buddy. Right? So, yeah. yeah, he was watching out for him. It kind of made me laugh a little bit that uh, they were afraid of, the coyotes were afraid of Binks. I know. I wonder if it just caught him off guard yeah. or something. I don't <laughs> like, know. What is this thing charging at us? Right. We're not used to it. So. Well, and that's probably part of it too, right? Yeah. Where it's just not abnormal for anything to be going after a coyote. They're normally going after everything else. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, super cute story. Um, Then... At the end of the video, they were also talking about, because uh, I guess this happens in like Southern California a lot, um, especially with a smaller dog. So they have coyote vests okay. that you can put on. Okay. And it's like a little raincoat or whatever, but it's got a bunch of spikes on it. Oh my gosh. So that if the coyotes were to attack, they would get hurt. <laughs> what a great idea though. Yeah. What a deterrent. Right. Yeah. And oh my so gosh. I don't know if uh, the owners of of Binks and the, and the puppy uh, got one, but I was like, well, maybe they should. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you do worry about it. And, you know, again, it's kind of like we all have to learn how to live together. And so, like, I like that idea of the vest as a deterrent mm-hmm. so that, you know, the coyotes don't need to be hurt also. Right. And hopefully it'll just 
go on to the next right. place. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yes. hopefully it's not somebody else's problem. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> love that. So some really cool stories. We've actually got a couple more we're going to be talking about too. Uh, we'd love to, we'd love to talk about these animals in the news because it just, to me, illustrates what amazing, amazing creatures we walk this earth with Mm -hmm. Um, and the friendships they can have and the personalities they can have. You've got a mouse that's tidy and cleaning up a guy's work area. You know, you've got a cat named Binks that's protecting his (laughs) dog buddy, you know? I mean... And then we have... The dog that ate four thousand dollars. And we have the cat. dog that ate four thousand dollars. <laughs> yes, and we've got fortunately really wonderful uh, pet owners of that dog. So yes, right. yeah, that understood and didn't completely go lose their mind. Right, I can't <laughs> promise that I wouldn't have lost mine. <laughs> I know. I mean, I know you Man. would never have done anything bad, but right, I would, you would think you would just completely like go. What? I mean, yeah, yeah, it would be the oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. There goes four thousand dollars. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> oh, well, I think we're going to take a break. All right. Um, when we come back, we're going to be talking about some more fun um, animals in the news, and we definitely want to talk about um, some behavior questions that were submitted, so we can get those answered. Awesome. So we'll be back. Your support is urgently needed to ensure the pets in our care all receive a nutritious meal. Instead of buying a bag of food and bringing it to the shelter, please donate to our Full Bellies Food Fund. Our partnership with the Hills Food Shelter and Love Program allows your donation to be made even more impactful. For example, just $1 a day will feed one cat and one dog for a month. Visit arl-iowa.org food to make an impact. That's arl-iowa.org food. Hey there, all you pet parents. The next time your pet needs new supplies, look no further than our Animal House retail store located within our Animal Rescue League of Iowa's main location. Shop everything from food to toys, litter to apparel, seasonal items, and decor. We also offer a wide variety of items for animal lovers, such as human apparel, home goods, and more. Plus, all adopters receive 10% off all purchases. Shop in-store or online at arl-iowa.org shop. Welcome back. We're back with For the Animals podcast. I'm Carol and I'm here with Dan. And Hello. We're sharing wonderful stories about animals as we start the new year. Yes, we are. Yeah. In our new digs. In our new digs. We've moved into our own little studio here. So yeah, I like it. Benny can come visit. The, the pod cat can come visit us whenever. Right. Yes. And yes. Benny the podcast. See lots of pictures on our For Love of Animals Facebook page from Benny, so you can get to know Benny as well. Yeah, I think Benny's more popular than we are, which is totally fine with yeah, me. Yeah, totally fine. <laughs> totally, totally fine. And I can see why, because let's face it. Oh, he's beautiful. He's beautiful, darling, funny. Yeah, I mean, he's... I and he's so he, tolerant. There's like tons right of outfits. Now? He's not in no, here. He not just right now. he was here for a while, but we must have bored him. No, he's like no treats. Bye. Right, exactly. <laughs> and speaking of that, I don't know what you were watching on New Year's Eve, but I was watching the countdown and all the all the news and on it was, you know, Andy Cohen and Anderson Cooper and they were on <laughs> CNN's New Year's Eve and they were interviewing John Mayer and he actually was remote from a cat bar in Tokyo. And I, this caught my eye amongst all the other stuff going on at my house. And it was hilarious. (laughs) And John Mayer kept like a straight face during the whole thing. Through the whole entire thing. Whole thing. thing. And Anderson Cooper couldn't hardly quit laughing. Right. Um, But I guess there's this bar in Tokyo called Cats in the Box. And 
being, you know, talked to with Andy and Anderson, the cats start to surround him. And uh, <laughs> at one point, John Mayer started to feed the cat with this cat, this paste on his fingers that they must give like people the to, ch- to feed him. Like the paste or yes. whatever, yeah. Oh my gosh, it was <laughs> hilarious. So Yeah, how he did that with without laughing... I- I, because I would have just started laughing because Anderson Cooper was laughing. Oh my gosh, was he laughing? It was it was hysterical. Yeah, I I don't know if I would have been able to hold myself together for that. You know, I love speaking of that. We have cats for adoption at the Coffee Cats in yes. Valley Junction here in West Des Moines, and Iowa. And their coffee is great too. Yes, I can actually say that because I finally went. Oh, good. And had their coffee, and it's it's great. And isn't it a cool place? Yeah, it's adorable. I love these. And so you you know everyone's probably by this time kind of aware of um, you know cap, coffee places where cats are there and you can spend time with the cats and you know it's just wonderful well this looks like tokyo now is a bar i know which like hello i know it's adorable everything in des moines is centered around drinking why don't we have a (laughs) why don't we have a cat bar (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh i just thought okay that one of those has got to pop up here yeah time soon somebody yeah somebody needs to get on that yes for for sure so so yeah if you're in tokyo find the cat bar and go have uh a sake and pet some cats and uh send us photos uh, yeah of course yeah i want to see everything about it absolutely and then we got to a dancing lemur and anyone who's been listening to the podcast or our companion connection radio show that we did before the podcast knows mm-hmm. that you're a huge lemur fan yeah i love lemurs. and this came across my feed and i immediately sent it to you because i was like oh my god it's a lemur and when i say lemur i think dan staring <laughs> So, uh, what did you think? And what? And tell people what this story was about. Yeah. So there. So most of you guys probably have heard me say this before, but there's one spot in the world where lemurs reside. That's Madagascar. It's a huge island off of the coast of Africa. Um, but unfortunately, they're you know slowly losing habitat, and so they're endangered. Um, the there was a um, lemur that was born in a uk zoo uh uk's chester zoo and it's one of the world's rarest primates and this little baby was born so everybody was cheering right that they've they're doing this uh reintroduction program yada yada but these lemurs are i I think all of them are cute (laughs) but these are especially cute they're called dancing lemurs and they spend most of their time in the treetops, so they just they hop from one tree to the next tree. But they're called dancing lemurs because when they're on the ground, they don't like walk; they just like bounce <laughs> on their like back dancing. legs. It, yeah, and it looks like they're <laughs> dancing. Um, and it's they're called shafaka lemurs. Um, they're beautiful. They're white, and they have that ghostly looking face. Um, but yeah, check out the video of them. There's tons. Even if you just Google dancing lemurs. Uh, go on YouTube. There's tons of videos of these lemurs dancing around, but the still pictures of them look like they're like salsa dancing or yeah. something. It's hilarious. It's adorable. I don't know about you. Had you ever heard of the dancing lemur? I mean, I've heard of lemurs, but yeah, um, not specifically the dancing lemur. Um, I've heard of you know tons of the other ones. Yeah, but, um, but these are super super cute. And they said they're one of the rarest primates in the world. Yeah, and so the chest. Chester Zoo in the UK is doing an awesome thing by getting them to reproduce. That's amazing. 
So, yeah, they're very cute. And they can hop 20 feet. That's crazy. That is crazy. Because they're so little anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, 20 feet is a lot, is a big space. Yeah. I mean, that is a big amount of space for them to just hop around or dance, as we know. So, yeah. So you got some of these zoos doing great things for, you know, conservation of these, um, these species that maybe are struggling. Another one was San Antonio Zoo welcomed its first ever Babirusa, I, B A B I R U S A piglet, uh-huh. um, which they announced on January first, twenty twenty four, and uh, they said they're also somewhat they're you know listed as vulnerable on the International mm-hmm. Union uh, for threatened species and are threatened by hunting, logging, mining, loss of habitat. Um, native to tropical forests of Indonesia. Um, they also only give birth to one or two piglets at a time, making each one a rare event. And so they were um, really thrilled to have this one born at the zoo there to continue on. This is awesome that the zoos are doing this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you think about, you know, 20 years from now, 40 years from now, 60 years from now, kids, your grandkids, your great-grandkids, the, you know, if, th- if this wasn't happening, they may not ever know these species. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, thank thank God people are paying attention. Yeah, yep. Yeah, so. and the cool thing about uh, lemurs is there are approximately 112 different species of lemurs. Um, the largest is the Indri lemur, weighing up to 22 pounds and measuring up to 35 inches long. So a toddler, yeah, toddler size. Yeah. But the smallest is the Madame. Birth's mouse lemur weighing about an ounce. Oh my gosh. And measuring up to four inches. Do you think plus a five inch tail? Do you think since he's a mouse lemur, he also cleans up around? (laughs) I mean, you know. Well, they do have opposable thumbs, so he's (laughs) he might be capable of much more. (laughs) You really gotta wonder. I mean, you know? So (laughs) oh my I would welcome also uh a mouse lemur in my house. Oh my gosh. Like you can do whatever you want. So that kind of sounds like their tail is bigger than their body on yeah. those mouse lemurs. On the little I mean, tiny ones. You know? Can you believe that? Oh my gosh. Again, one of the things I love about this For Love of Animals podcast isn't that we just talk about domestic animals, but we talk about all these really amazing creatures and information about them because we start to look into them and, you know, we're pretty prone to. That type of information is right. fascinating what we find out about them. Yeah, I mean, every single thing, if it's new, something new to us, it's it's awesome to to hear about it. Yeah. And then, and then you do go back to the domestic, and we've got the tumbling <laughs> Jack Russell. And um, you have terriers, and I've had terriers. Yes. And um, Ollie, the Jack Russell terrier, <laughs> he was a former rescue dog, so he was rescued um, and he kind of just has gone wild on the internet because <laughs> he was at a dog show and he, uh, um, and this is old. This is, this is yeah, old. It's like, this is 2017. Yeah. Um, but it's somehow resurfacing now. And I don't, you know, so it's been five years. Um, in in England again, he just took off running and he was tumbling <laughs> and he was going the wrong direction and he was, just going crazy. And I think they were running him recently too in some dog show and he must've done the same thing. Oh no. And so I think that, you know, kind of got all this kind of redone, but whatever it is, we'll definitely make sure that you can um, see that video on our webs on our, you know, ARL. Yeah. Uh, For love animals, Facebook 
page, but it was adorable. And it kind of just reminded me of terriers in general. Oh, yeah. It didn't surprise me. No. And he was really young, I think, too, when he first did it. He yeah. was only like 10 weeks or something like that. But um, for for 10 weeks old, he did a great job. But yeah, yeah. he was hilarious. Yeah. And did you see the the part where he was running up the ramp thing and he like sailed right over the he top sailed of it. right over it <laughs> reminds me of like you know, those movies when you see the bridges and the cars are like flying over. yes like dukes of hazard oh style. my gosh <laughs> and my point and my point to bring in this one is now is because it is kind of resurfacing but also you know i had somebody asking me about you know dog classes and training mm-hmm. classes and and all those sorts of things and there are some dogs like you know the terriers like my French bulldog would have looked at me like, yeah, no. Um, but dogs like terriers, if you get them into things like agility and stuff, but you can get them started at dog training classes. and um, Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, that's out. where you have to start, right? right? You have to start with the foundation to be able to train them any, yeah. to do anything else. But yeah, yeah the ARL offers training classes. I know you've heard me talk about them. That's where I took my dog yep. and how I got involved back again with the ARL you know, 15, however many years ago. Um, but yeah, they do good manners. Uh, they have drop-in training classes. They do puppy kindergarten. Um, there's all sorts of, uh, options in all sorts of different times too. Saturday, Sunday during the week. Um, so go out there and check them out. If you have a dog, even if your dog's old, uh, but you just want to hang out with your dog and give your dog something new to do. Um, it's never a bad thing to sign up and you can learn something new, and so can your dog. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I had somebody ask me if we did like agility and that sort of training, which is they'd sent me the video of Ollie and asked mm-hmm. me that question. And we definitely wanted to mention like all the different training classes and opportunities and drop-ins. And you can find all of our training classes here at the Animal Rescue League in Des Moines, Iowa, on our on our website at www.arl-iowa.org. Um, and you can also go to the events page of that website, and it will have color-coded of where the training classes are and all that sort of thing. But we do lots of fun stuff for you and your dog. So be sure and check that out. And if you're not in Des Moines and not local, check with your local humane societies. Mm-hmm. Be sure and check out who's doing the training. But dogs like Ollie, I mean, <laughs> they love that. Oh, yeah. Running and playing and doing fun stuff. So Yeah, they need yeah. to have it. And I just looked um, at the full list of the training that the ARL offers, and they actually offer a, a class called Rowdy Rovers, oh, which sounds perfect yes. for dogs like that. Absolutely. So so our last really cute, we had a lot this week. Animals must be doing really cool, cute things here <laughs> at the first of the year, kicking off 2024. Right. Was the story of Blossom and Frankie. And um, I remember this when it first aired back in March, I think, yep. um, here in Iowa, that basically there was um, a goose that had become widowed and they were looking for a mate for this goose Mm -hmm. so that it could find love again, basically. And, and what you may not know is they're actually very loyal. Like they mate for life. They're protective of their partners and their offspring. Really Um, protective. Really. (laughs) When they lose uh, their mating partner or their eggs, they do go through a whole mourning Mm -hmm. period and their behavior. Um, They have strong affections for others in their group. If one of the goose in their group get sick or wounded a couple of other geese may drop out of formation to help mm-hmm. um and try to protect them um so they have a huge sense of community right clearly right yeah and you know you look at i mean I can't, how many times have you driven by a pond there's all these geese you don't think that about you don't sit there and right. go, oh man they have 
friendships and they have, you know, their, their mates and right. Yeah. So, and they always fly in the shape of a V mm-hmm. always. Um, and it allows at least 71% greater flying range. And when a goose in the lead gets tired, another goose is going to take over. That's just crazy. Isn't that just amazing? They're like, Hey, take over. I need to take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> and they're considered waterfowl, but they actually spend most of their time on land and they mm-hmm. eat seeds and nuts and grass and plants and berries. But so we have the story of, of these geese. Yeah. And it's, it's adorable. Um, like you said, this originally happened in March. The um, uh, cemetery uh, director uh, noticed that this goose had become widowed. Uh, and she put out a thing on Facebook just asking, you know, could anybody help? One, that's awesome that she even cared that Agreed. much to, to reach out. Um, but fast forward to December 29th and the CBS Evening News, Steve Harvey, or was that his name? Steve no. Hart- Hartman. Steve Hart- Hartman. <laughs> Not Steve Harvey. Steve Family Hartman. feud. Right. Um, he was originally following the story, and so he did an update, and um, now Blossom has a friend named Frankie. Yeah. And, and, and they're like buds. They're buddies. They're bonded. Yeah. They're, they're like mates now. Yes. Yeah. And so, and this, again, like you said, was in Marshalltown, Iowa, which is not very far from where we're at right now. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's really cool. It's heartwarming to hear that people care enough to to reach out to try to help an animal like that because she didn't have to do that, um, but she did. Yeah. And I, the community came through. Right. And these geese now found love again. Right. And they said they got lots of people that go out and watch them and they swim together and they, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if they preen each other. Or oh, I'm sure they do. Hang together. But, and so they're, you know, what a wonderful thing. But I agree with you. The woman who reached out um, to to fix this, to address this, to help um, find love again for the one and have happiness. I mean, kudos to her for having that level of kindness that she did that. Yeah. And she did it. She got it done. That's right. We love it. Yes, we do. We love it. So those are our updated fun stories. We had a lot this week. We have some other things we're going to be talking about. We come back, we're going to take another break. Um, And when we come back, we're going to talk about our Humane Action Network, and we've got some behavior questions we're going to answer. Awesome. Come on back. Help ensure a bright future for animals by planning a gift that benefits the ARL today or after your lifetime. You can help ensure our future success in promoting animal welfare, strengthening the human-animal bond, and preventing the overpopulation and abuse of pets. Our website will help you decide how to start your giving journey today. Visit www.arliowa.planmygift.org to learn more. We're back. Welcome back to For Love of Animals. We are here with Dan. I'm Carol, and we've been doing our usual talking about these wonderful animals that we get to live in the world with. I know, and all the fun things we find. Yes. I'm glad we're back uh, with you. You came back with us. And uh, remember, you can find us on um, our ARL For Love of Animals Facebook page. We uh, do have this podcast linked to that, but also we have lots of other stuff that gets posted up on that page and you can also communicate with us. You can, yeah, you can send us questions, um, through, you know, Facebook chat or whatever. Um, you can also call us at 515-461-5079. Again, that is 515-461-5079. Uh, you can leave us a voicemail. Uh, you can also text that number, 
Um, if you're more inclined to send a text message, feel free to do so. Um, we will get it and uh, we'll answer your question. If you have a behavior question or a different kind of question, a comment, whatever you want, um, give us a call, send us a text. Uh, you can also go to our website, arl-iowa.org, and click on the community link and then click on ARL's For Love of Animals podcast page. And there's a little form right there that you can click on it and send us the info. Yep. And we'd love to we'd love to get it. So be sure and talk to us here, people. Yeah, I do. Uh, so, hey, in a couple of weeks, we've got a wonderful guest who's going to come on, Bernie. And he's actually going to be here in person. He's going to be talking about our... Producer Bernie. Producer Bernie. But he's he, going to keep he us in so line. Many, he has so many hats. I know, though, he Dan. Does. <laughs> and he's going to be talking to us about the Humane Action Network yes. uh, through the Animal Rescue League. And that is, uh, if you're interested in promoting um, animal welfare legislation here in the state of Iowa on different levels, ordinances in your local communities or or statewide, um, and touch upon some federal legislation that's animal welfare oriented, we're going to talk about how you can sign up for the Humane Action Network um, and in the interim, you can sure check that out on our website at www.arl-iowa.org. Yes, that's also under the community link. So you can do both the podcast page and the Humane Action Network page. All in one fell swoop. Yeah, and Bernie will go into more detail on this, obviously, but this is super important. They have they schedule lobby days at the uh, state capitol here in Des Moines, um, and it's important that these state representatives hear from their constituents. So um, you can pick and choose what you want to be involved into, which exactly. is great with the Humane Action Network. I like it. Yeah, you don't have to respond to calls out on every piece of legislation. But if you care about something, there's something going on with dogs and puppy mills or, or there's something going on with horses. And right. that's where you can pick and choose which ones you get involved in. But I love this Humane Action Network because we do weekly newsletters with the legislature starting mm -hmm. that tells you what's at the Iowa legislature and what's going on federally and you right. can then make some decisions. So anyway, we're thrilled to have Bernie coming in to talk to us um, on the 24th uh, about the Humane Action Network. Yeah, so. that'll be great. And it's not, um, you know, sometimes people think, oh, it's just going to be centered around animals, which is true, obviously. That's why we're talking about it. Um, but it also, as we know... Um, Animals play such a big part of people's lives that there are certain legislations that go through that impact people and their pets as well. Yeah. Not just the pet, um, like support access to public housing uh, for families with pets. Right. That's super important, right? Yep. Um, so there's legislation like that, not just puppy mills and uh, horse slaughter and stuff like that. You, but they're all equally as important. Yeah, but you're totally right, Dan, and to that point. I mean, we've done legislation here in the state that have to do with pet protective orders. So if right, exactly. somebody gets a protective order, they can get that for their dog also or mm -hmm. their cat. Um, so very important stuff. We're going to be talking at length about that with, with Bernie on the 24th. So be sure and uh, check that out. Yeah, that'll be, um, that'll be a good episode. Yeah. And like right in time for... Lobby Day. Isn't right. that at the beginning of February-ish, yep, right? Usually Ish. is. Yeah. yeah. It'll be good stuff. So, Dan, this week we did, we had a couple of behavior questions uh, submitted. And since your nickname or <laughs> pseudo-nickname is uh, uh, Dan Dan the Chicken Man, yes. uh, we did have a question related to chickens. Somebody had written in and asked, 
is there a right way to introduce a new chicken to the flock? So uh, they had a flock of chickens. They mm-hmm. wanted to get a new chicken or two. Uh, is there a right way to do that? And the follow-up question she had was, uh, is it better to get a single chicken to add at a time, or is it better to get more than one? Uh, all very good questions. Great. And I am a huge enabler, so the answer is multiple, <laughs> always. <laughs> I had somebody reference chicken math to me this week. Did they? And I said, oh my gosh, you've been listening to Dan Sterry. So yes, and I, that's a digression, I realized, but we definitely need to have you explain what chicken math yeah, is. Yeah, I'll too. do that. Um, so the best way to introduce a chicken is if if you are able, if you already have an established flock, like you said, and you are bringing in new chickens, if you can bring a friend with that chicken, that is the best scenario uh, because they're going to be, they're, they're going to know each other already. Um, so you can keep them together and it just makes things a lot easier. Uh, but just like cats and dogs, um, it's probably not wise just to toss in a chicken or chickens uh, in with your the rest of your flock uh, because they can fight. That's where the word pecking order come f- came from, right? So that's a real thing. Um, and sometimes chickens, once they start picking on someone, they won't stop. Um, and you don't want that. So the best thing to do is to just block off an area of your coop, if you can, with just like chain link fencing or uh, chicken wire is perfect for inside a chicken coop that's already protected from uh, everything else. Um, give them food, water, little nesting box area, uh, if they're old enough for it, and just let them hang out with the chickens for a week, two weeks, whatever. Um, just like with cats and dogs, they're gonna, the newness is gonna wear off, and then by the time you introduce them, it's gonna be like nothing happened. Um, a lot of people also have uh, good success when they do finally introduce them with their chickens. They do it at night, uh, which makes it a lot easier. Um, but you literally go in the darkness of the night like a ninja <laughs> and just put the new chickens on the roosting bars with the other chickens. And it's like they wake up and they're like, oh, we have new friends. <laughs> and nine times out of 10, it's it's going to work out perfectly for you. Um, but always keep an eye on them, right? When you, when you first do that, uh, you'll know if there's going to be problems or not. Um, if they're leaving them alone, you're probably in, in the clear, but, um, always try to do some sort of, uh, an intro yeah. just so that you don't have any problems. You always told me about that trick of the night dark thing. And so that's mm-hmm. what I do when I add a chicken to my coop. I just had adopted one that came in as a singleton, um, from the league and needed a place to go. So I, took her home and I did, I waited. I mean, I just kept her in her crate yes. with food and water. Yeah. And then when it got dark, I went and opened up like a ninja yep. and put her in there. <laughs> and in the morning, then, um, you know, like you said, they didn't really notice too much, <laughs> but I went then cause I'm paranoid and I hate to see them fight. Like yeah. I hate any of the chasing and stuff. Yep. And I went out with a bunch of mealworms and Perfect. like, you know, treats and just scattered them around. And like, it was nothing. Yeah. Now, I've sometimes in the past had, a little bit of squawking at each other. This one was super easy. Yeah. But um, but you're right. Like nighttime is great. I also love your idea if you can block off a section and just let them. Yeah, that's what I used to do when um, when chicken math hit me. Yeah. This is a good <laughs> lead in actually. Um, because I would have like because I was hatching chickens. Yeah. And uh, so I would have like a group, you know, like five or ten that were old enough to be outside, but not necessarily old enough to run with the big dogs, so to speak. Yeah. Um, 
And so that's what I did is I just blocked off a little spot with chicken wire and they had their own little that's a area good idea. on the bottom of the coop and, you know, the big girls were at the, at the top. Uh, but then like when the time came when they were b- big enough, essentially is all I was waiting for them just to be able to get away. Yeah. It, it, nobody cared. Right. And, you know, it just is totally exactly what you're saying, Dan. It's just like with cats. Like you put them in a different room. They hang out there for whatever period of time. You feed them. You put up a baby gate. And right. hopefully what you're doing is getting them so used to each other. They're like, I don't care. Right. Right. Yeah. Or or they're like, oh, finally, we right. can hang out together. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the chicken math is... Um, <laughs> It's a real thing. It is a real thing. That's the thing. I remember you telling me about it years ago, Dan. I was like, oh, yeah, that'll never happen to me. Uh, it does. It really does. Yes. Yeah. So when, you know, and I've told this story before, so I won't belabor it, but I read about chickens for years before I ever got chickens. And when I first started reading about them, I was like, oh, I want chickens. And so you always think of the red chicken or the white chicken. Yep. Right. Well, there's all sorts of chickens. <laughs> There's blue chickens and purple chickens and, you know, you name it. And so that's how chicken math gets you because you get a few and then you're like, oh, but I want that color one or that color one. And then you get into the egg thing, right? Because some of them lay white eggs, some of them lay brown eggs, some of them lay green eggs, some of them lay blue eggs, (laughs) some of them lay speckled eggs. Um, So you just acquire chickens very quickly. And so that's where chicken math comes from because it's like, oh, I need to add one, but you're really adding three. Yeah. And then somebody, like, when I ask you, how many chickens do you have, Carol? And you're like, oh, I don't know, like 10 or 15. And I'm like, you liar. <laughs> you have 30. <laughs> it is a real thing, though. It totally is yeah. a real thing. It, and you realize, uh, I don't want to say they're easy, but chickens are kind of easy to take care yeah, of. Yeah, they really are. Mm-hmm. They're not um, They're not hard to take care of at no. all. Uh, you know, obviously, food, fresh water. The wintertime is the worst time yeah in my opinion one because i hate winter but um and mainly it's just because of the water i was always paranoid the water was going to be frozen yeah and i mean it never was because you can buy things to keep it liquid but yeah i mean i have a heater underneath my water yeah yeah like everything nowadays you could just go buy and they make it so easy right yeah um and we were uh, probably a little bougie with the chicken <laughs> setup because we do have electric and right. stuff like that out I there to the be able to do bougie. that. But, I yeah. think it fits here. Yeah, yeah. it totally does. Um, but yeah, they're they're fairly easy. And you know, it is winter time. The snow started. It's Monday uh, right now. So uh, you know, it just started snowing a couple hours ago. We're supposed to get I don't know, like a foot or yeah. something. Gosh, I hope not. Um, but. Your chickens do not need supplemental heat. I know I've said that for years and years and years. Yep. Um, but they do not need supplemental heat. As long as they have uh, a, a coop, a box that's going to keep them out of the wind yep. and they have windbreak, they'll be perfectly fine. Yep. Um, and if they want to go outside when there's six inches of snow, they'll go outside. Um, if they don't want to go outside, they won't go outside. Uh, they're pretty smart honestly yeah um i mean they've been around for billions of years so i think they have it figured out yeah exactly so and i always tell people to uh i'm like well what do you think the sparrows do outside in the winter they don't have uh, a bougie setup (laughs) right they have 
the tree or the bush and they, they find the wind block, yeah. you know, and, and yeah. they, they figure it out. So as long as it's there, your chickens will know what to do. Yeah. I wish I could remember that line from the movie Jurassic Park right now. And it's uh, Jeff Goldblum in that movie who I love in that movie because he's very philosophical. And yes. he's, he's referencing like that, like these dinosaurs in his case, but these animals, these creatures have been around and they found a way to survive, mm-hmm. you know, so we're being bougie and they're over here like, we got it. Right. We got this. We're yeah. good. Now, that all being said, if there's ways, of course, we can make our animals more comfortable, we should do that. Oh, absolutely. You know? but, yeah. Um, I'm not saying not to do that. But yeah, there are things that you can do. Boredom busters, we call them, you know. Right. To your point, um, you know, you had mentioned you threw out a bunch of mealworms or yeah. something. Do that. Throw out mealworms in the coop if they if you know they're not going outside because it's gross outside. Yeah. Um. Give them something to dig around, scratch in, throw some corn, yep. scratch mix, whatever. Um, there's all sorts of things that you can do to, to keep them active. Yeah. And then that does help, too, that so they don't start to pick on each other. Right. Yeah. You know, like siblings on spring break, you know, the first couple days are fine, but day four, you're just like, I don't want to do this anymore. Right. Get away from me. <laughs> right. Mm, yeah. He's looking at me. He's looking at me. <laughs> So, yeah, there are definitely things that you can do uh, for stuff like that. But as it doesn't have to look pretty. As long as it's functional and it serves a purpose, your chickens won't care. That's right. That's right. Keep them safe. But if it's in our yard, then it needs to be bougie. Right. Exactly. We can't do anything but bougie. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Uh, so another question that came in was, my guinea pig seems lonely. Should I get him a friend? And, you know, like you always say about chicken math and da da da, I always say, <laughs> uh, yeah, get him a friend. Right. I really believe most domesticated, and I'm not talking about hamsters, I really believe right. most domesticated animals it, like would like to have a friend. Yeah. You know, I agree. So someone you, like them. Right. And to go to that point, Dan, is your point about introdu- introduction of chickens. You can do the same thing with guinea pigs. You can put them next to each other. Mm-hmm. So they start to get used to seeing each other and start, you know, doing all that kind of stuff. And then you start to work to introduce them mm-hmm. um, after they've been around. So if you have a cage, divide it, you know, make it bigger for a period of time mm-hmm. and whatever, and get them introduced. And of course, Make sure you're checking the gender. And if you have a oh, yes. male uh, <laughs> guinea pig, make sure you get, you know. Get Another him, male. Or get him neutered. Yes. Uh, yeah. So we don't. Yeah, there have, are several vets that do that. For sure. Around town nowadays, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. But, you know, most of these animals, like, you know, we see a lot at the Animal Rescue League come in and they they already have a bonded buddy. Right. Or they're triplets. Or, right. Um, you know, if, you're, if you don't have guinea pigs and you're thinking about getting guinea pigs, get a pair. Get a bonded pair. Yeah, I agree 100% because you, especially with the smaller, uh, you know, pocket pets, so yeah. to speak, um, you're not with them as much as your dog or your cat, right? Um, and yeah, I think I just feel like they would, they all benefit mentally for and emotionally for Absolutely. sure to have... To have a buddy there. Yeah. And it's kind of like we were talking about with Binks the cat who rescued the Havanese dog. Exactly. They do form these friendships. They do form these bonds. And, you know, it's like you said, you know, if you're working, you're not going to have as much time to spend with them um, as you would maybe your dog who's loose around your house or your cat. 
And this way they have a friend. And I remember I fostered for the Animal Rescue League years ago a pregnant guinea pig, and she had four babies. Oh, Couldn't cute. believe it. And for those of you who don't know, they're born with, like, all their fur and their eyes open. Yeah, it's they're very ready freaky. to go. Oh, my God, it's very <laughs> freaky. And you're thinking, how did these four fit into a Rosie? So I kept Rosie the mom, but I also kept one of her babies. Um, and they used to sleep by each other. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, the whole deal. I mean, so... They're super affectionate. They are. They are. Um, so I just... You know, so to answer your question, yeah, get him a friend. Get yeah, him a friend. I think so too. Absolutely. If if you are wondering, you should probably just do it. Exactly. Outside of hamsters, like you said. Yeah, hamsters are or they're good to live all on their own. Right, they're solitaire. They're solitary. solitary. Let's <laughs> don't get him a friend. It's not going to end up good. I'm telling right. you. Trust me. Right. Either you're going to end up with four hundred of them right. really quick, or right. one. Yes, uh, because the other one's going to take it out. Right. So, yeah, for right. sure. Yeah, you don't want that. Uh, so, Dan, it's that time of the of the podcast. We need to know what the newly discovered species is oh, yes. that we're talking about See, this we remembered time. this time. Yes, this is going to be a weekly thing until you run out of them. That's right. So this is actually a new species uh, that was discovered in 2023. Um, Recent then. Yeah, is the giant crab spider in Ecuador, hmm. um, which is obviously an insect. Um, it says here, an insect making its way across the forest floor in the Ecuadorian Amazon at night can never f- feel fully safe. Um, it has eight eyes, eight legs, and a fuzzy red abdomen. Um, and it generally hangs out like on the sides of tree trunks. Um, but the... Uh, Scientists that found this, uh, Pedro and Diego Cisneros, uh, stumbled across this beast, the giant crab spider, um, near a nighttime hike that they were doing in uh, a biodiversity station in Ecuador. Um, the, it's the first uh, of its kind in Ecuador, but there are nine other species that live in nearby countries, uh, which is interesting. Hmm. Eight eyes. I just pulled up a picture of it. Yeah. To myself. Yeah. Okay. Uh, maybe we could look to discover more fuzzy, cute, <laughs> non-spidery animals. Well, what about is it is it better or worse? You know how you go to the eye doctor and they're yeah. like A or B, one yes. or two. Okay, so here's here's my my eye doctor <laughs> question. Good. Is it better or worse than a Komodo dragon? Okay, good point. There's, I don't think there's anything worse than a Komodo dragon, so I'm going to say better. Good point. Oh, there you go. You know what? That's a really good point. <laughs> That's going to be like, a, what do they call that? A litmus test? Is yes. that what they call that? Like, everything is going to be compared to the Komodo dragon right. from now on. Right. Now, do you think it's better or worse than the Komodo dragon? Uh, better. Yeah. 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 <sighs> I mean, I, I wouldn't want to come across one of these either, to be perfectly honest I with you. I wouldn't either. Um. But the only spiders that I'm not like afraid of are daddy long legs. Yep, me neither. Because I always grew up with my grandpa telling me that they were actually good luck. Uh, I never heard that. Yeah, that you should not ever kill one because that would mean you'd take out, you know, your luck. Yeah. And that they're good luck. And granted, well, he could have just been telling me this, but, but it, it worked. stuck with me. Absolutely. Yeah, it worked. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not afraid of those at all. Um and speak, this is a funny side story, but I was camping one time. This was uh, prior to when I got my little camper. Okay. So I was in a tent 
and I set up my tent, whatever, and then was hanging out with my friends at night, went to go to bed, and I turned on this little lantern thing that I had, and I was, like, rearranging my bag, uh, sleeping bag, whatever, and I, like, finally lay down, and I'm looking at the top of my tent, and I still had the light on. It was covered in daddy long legs. <gasps> oh, my gosh. And I was just like, well, that's too bad, and I shut the light off and went to bed. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't even know. Do daddy the long legs bite you? Uh, they are venomous, are actually, they? They but so they're, they like, will. so tiny that, yeah. like, they can't do anything to us, right? right. But, like, to their stuff that they eat or whatever. Right. It's, yeah, but I was just like, oh, that's too bad. Like, oh my gosh. I guess we're going to have a slumber party. Yeah. <laughs> Me and 100 daddy long legs. Right, exactly. Yeah. And then the other spider that I'm totally not scared of are the jumping spiders because I think they are so cute. Mm -hmm. And I've told you this before. You have, and they are cute. I... Don't want them jumping on me. Yeah, I just I love them. They're so cute. Yeah, they are. They are very cute. And I and I will tell you, I'm not I'm not like afraid of spiders. Right. I'm, I mean, it's just not. Right. You, you just know, don't want them in your bed with I, you. Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I mean, the bites itch. I mean, the right, whole deal. Right. It's a whole other thing. You know. <laughs> it's a whole thing. I can assure you, I don't want a Komodo dragon in my bed with you. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's out. I so, I do agree with that. Yeah. So I guess that's going to be our litmus test from here on in. That's a good way to put it. I so, like it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So uh, we are about <laughs> wrapped up um, for this show. We hope you've enjoyed uh, all the wonderful animal things that we have talked about. Be sure, and if you're in the Des Moines area or in Iowa, be sure and check out uh, the Animal Rescue of Iowa's website. And again, it's www.arl-iowa.org. Please join our For Love of Animals Facebook page. Don't yes. forget, you can call or text us at 515-461-5079 if you want to have us talk about a certain thing, ask yeah. us a question, leave us a comment. Love to hear great animal stories. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, be sure and check out our events on our in our uh, on our website. We've got a lot of really fun events coming up and a lot of cool things, including our gourmet apple. Yes. Pre-sales are going on right now, and those can be shipped to you. So if you're outside of Iowa, be sure and check it out. But these gourmet apples are crazy. Yeah. they. We've talked about it before. It's not just like an apple. It's an apple dipped in caramel, dipped in chocolate, <laughs> dipped in chocolate again, rolled in toffee. It's, you won't be mad that you got one. Right. I ordered mine today. Did you? Did, I, have you done? I, no, I got the email. Okay. Um, And I was like, oh, I need to do that. But I was busy yeah. doing work stuff, so I haven't yet. Yeah. So pre-order them, and they can be shipped to you. They're great gifts. I mean, you can get them for your loved ones, your friends, um, whatever. Um, And it's really cute because they put little tags on them that, you know, they were bought, and all the money goes back to help homeless pets, so it's kind of a really cool gift. But they also have packages, and, and they have dog apples, so you can get yes. apples that are slathered in peanut butter, and then crumbled dog treats are all over the outside of them. So that's super cool, too. Um, and so check that out on our on our Gourmet Valentine's Apples. All the money raised from that goes right back to help homeless pets at the ARL of yeah, Iowa. You can't go wrong there. Can't go wrong. And you know what we didn't talk about? What? The grand opening of the new oh my gosh, ARL Animal Services Building. Oh, my gosh, we have to talk about that. Yes. I know. So on Saturday um, was the ribbon-cutting ceremony. Uh, Mayor Connie Bozen spoke. Uh, Des Moines Police Chief Dana Wingert spoke. And then the ARL CEO, Tom Colvin, spoke. Um, and it was an awesome event. It was. The building is absolutely beautiful. Um, and 
there were tons of adoptions happening uh, that day out of that building, which is awesome because I think that's the one of the biggest benefits of that facility being down there is adoptions yeah. can be done out of that building because it it hits another uh, um, spot in Des Moines where you you can't really adopt on that side of town right, right. over there, right? You have to go to Arrow Maine, Arrow West. Um, and we used to have Arrow South, but I don't that one's not there anymore, right? It's not. Yeah. No, Southridge converted a lot to um classrooms. Yeah, for DMAC or whatever. Yeah. But um yeah, so it's super exciting. Um if you are in the Des Moines area, uh go down there during normal business hours and and walk around. Ask a staff member. I'm sure they would be more than happy to show you around where they can, yeah. right? Um, they did have the building open on Saturday, but that's because they're, they weren't doing surgeries right. and stuff like that. Yeah. So you won't be able to go on those parts, but, um, but yeah, come down, check it out. It was, it's amazing. Support the building. It's amazing. And it's at 1441 Harriet street in Des Moines, 1441 Harriet street, Des Moines. Um, and it's just, uh, it's a game changer for the animals. Uh, it is. It really is. And I'm grew up in Des Moines. I am so proud that the city of Des Moines has, put this level into mm-hmm. animals in our community. And I think it's just hopefully a game changer for others to take a look at what you can accomplish Yeah, I agree. Um, with the partnerships between a nonprofit and a, and mm-hmm. a city um, service like that, because that, yeah, and it's that not just the city of Des Moines, right. right? It's the city of Des Moines, the ARL, the Des Moines police department, right? Um, you know, the city maintenance staff, it's, it's everything. That's it's, right. It's really, uh, it's really something that it, came to fruition like it did and yeah they did a beautiful job yeah it's beautiful so thank i'm kind of jealous that i don't work I at arl animal services anymore no, i was like what you guys get a garage that you can pull through you don't have to back out of it i know isn't that crazy <laughs> i know uh yeah, yeah it's great stuff. and i love i love that you mentioned the doing the adoptions out of there because yes. before we didn't do adoptions we just did animal services out of there and then everything was transferred up to the animal rescue league's main mm-hmm. location still in des moines but north des moines right and you know it just reduces even the stress of these animals to have to like get moved, get their surgery, go to adoption. I mean, they get to like do one stop shop there and get find their second home right there. Yeah, and so. I mean, it's just going to equal animals being adopted faster, right? Absolutely, because there's the surgery suite there. They can do the spay neuters there, the dentals, yada yada. So it's it's a win win for people and animals of Des Moines. And if you are interested and you want to know what animals are down there for adoption. Uh, go to the website, arl-iowa.org, click on adopt and find a pet. And um, if the animal, when you click on it, uh, if it says ARL Main, that means it's at the ARL Main location at 5452 Northeast 22nd Street. In there you Moines. go. And if it says ARL Animal Services, that means it's at the ARL Animal Services yep. building at 1441 Harriet Street. Uh, Des in Des Moines, which is, if you are from Des Moines and you know where the old La Pizza House building is, it's right there. Yeah. Right by the river. Right by the river. Yeah. So go check it out. Yeah. Check it out. And a huge thank you to everyone who came out for the ribbon cutting. It was very fun. And yes, it was. And it was very historic. And uh, I, yeah, I got I got somewhat emotional about it. It's just been a long time, mm-hmm. you know, coming. It's so cool for the animals. So yeah. Yeah. So that's very cool. So uh, we will be back next week uh, and hope you'll join us again on our podcast. In the meantime, check out our For Love of Animals Facebook page. And uh, in a world where you can be anything, be kind. 
Everyone go forth and pot forward. See you next time.